You're listening to a previously recorded episode of the Detroit Sports Rag Podcast. This show is broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. For more information about the show or our network, please visit www.podcastdetroit.com. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Simon Cowell of Brooklyn. Plagiarize the work of a blogger, David Harnes. Now, what's going on with that? Where's my number? Bye. He was condescending back. I had a few too many, and I just drove home, and then just fucking, yeah. Is it true you sexually harassed a co-worker uh, oh, in the college newspaper? It's a Detroit sports website. Uh, I don't say it. this. This 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 puke isn't even worth being mentioned. The only time we should mention him is for his obituary. Except okay. no one will care when he's dead. We're talking to T. Foz, Terry Foster, ninety-seven-one. Uh, this guy got his hands into everything: failed restaurants, failed marriages, failed liquor licenses. This guy's an animal. I make good choices nowadays. Before we get started. Jeff Moore, is that correct? Lawrence, you here to do the interview today, or yeah. what's the deal? Yeah, no, I just... All right, well, we, I'm sure Terry greatly appreciates that. The other thing is, you, you guys are racing hell out there in Detroit, aren't you? I, I, I've got some people telling me, you better not go on that show with those guys. Those guys are making everybody angry and getting them mad and doing stuff, so you're, you're creating quite a stir back there in Detroit. DSR Podcast is no longer. From now on, we are known as Recoil at Podcast Detroit in Royal Oak. Aw, uh, yeah. Broadcasting. Recoil, broadcasting with DJ Jazzy Jasper over here. Yo, call me DJ Money, baby. What's your name, Jessica, now? Yo, coming straight to the streets of Birmingham. Jay Sarah. Jay Sarah. Yeah, you can go with that. Okay, Jay Sarah. DJ Money. D. Phillips in the house. Hootie hoo. <laughs> this is why I said this is exactly format, why you guys have an disclaimer. It's a wonderful disclaimer. Oh, yeah, this is the format change you wanted, man. Right? We're going to hip hop. Hootie hoo. Whoop, whoop. Take a while, guess who they're making Holler fun of. back. Yep. We got to say that the Recoil Podcast on Podcast Detroit is brought to you by Cali Tickets. 
Going back to Cali. Yo, yo. Cali. No. Going back to Cali. Don't be a trick, bitch. No, I don't think so. You can get all of your ticket needs at CaliTickets.com by calling 877-225-8425. Mention that. Mention the that. Mention the DSR. Mention Detroit Sports Rag. Mention... Drew Sharp's plagiarism. Mention that Brad Ausmus is an awful manager and you will get a 10% discount. Back that ass up. To concert. If you are a honky and you want to go see Hall & Oates next Monday at DTE. Where my crack is at? Def Leppard next Friday. Jane's Addiction in Living Color at Freedom Hill on the 22nd. Prophets of Rage featuring Be Real and Chuck D. Who we will be playing momentarily. Oh yeah. On recoil. Yo, yo, you know why we're called recoil? Because you better step back when you're getting near us, right, Jeff? Call my homie Mark Goldman. Oh yeah. 877-225-8425. Mention the DSR 10% discount. Ain't no half step. Whoop whoop. Hootie hoo. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that was our uh, sizzle Christ. reel. That was our sizzle reel to get on. That's going right on my demo tape, by the we, way. We, we couldn't make it as sportscasters on Detroit Sports 105.1. Nope, we couldn't. And we weren't, we weren't good us. enough for them. They would not hire either one of us. And uh, hopefully now they've heard what we can do in a throwback hip-hop environment. And that they deem worthy of being on their airwaves. So we will still be applying to 105.1. It will not be as sportscasters. It will now be as DJs, baby. Whoop, whoop. 105.1. Hootie hoo. Steve Chassar, Buzz Knight, everyone at the station, that is what you can expect if you hire Jasper and myself. I actually think we're better at that than sports, honestly. We might be. That was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty impressed with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we came across as really authentic too. I, I think that helps us quite a bit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Any time, you know. Anyway, last time we did a show was two weeks ago. Last week we were off for the fourth. I was in Chicago visiting my nephews. Has it been that short? Uh, a lot has changed in the last fourteen days in our universe. The last time we did a show, as we just mentioned, one hundred five point one was Detroit Sports one hundred five one, and that bounced playing censored. Hip hop from the nineties uh, and two thousands. The Dallas shooting would have referred to John F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, people walking outside would have been doing it for exercise, not collecting video game monsters. And most importantly, uh, Justin Spiro and I were on speaking terms. So a- as as was the final thing on my list, Tony Paul and myself. Ah, so a lot you're of just things, being burned all over the place. I see. A lot of things have changed, and. We have a jam-packed show, which is going to go for the complete two hours. We have so much shit to get to. It's remarkable. I mean, this is a week we could have done a show every night, basically, in my opinion. We're going to talk about... I, I'm just happy it's July, the middle of July, and we have so much to talk well, about. Well, it helps that we took two weeks off, or yeah, a week off. That's true, Because we're gonna, What we, we have to discuss tonight, uh, the Red Wings free agent acquisitions, mm-hmm. uh, the Pistons... Deadline, or excuse me, Jan- July first moves, yep. and you'll talk about that, and I'll just nod my head because I don't know what the fuck to make of any of it. Uh, we can discuss a little the situation at one hundred five one. I don't want to get into a lot of that because I think 
Next week we're going to have a. I'm, I'm, we're trying to get Sean Belizean as a guest. Yeah, in I, you know, I, I think Jeff. I think we should really just leave the 105.1 stuff alone for this week. We've talked about it so much on these airwaves. We've talked about it. Uh, well, you've really talked about it and and written about it on DetroitSportsRag.com, and I think. Next week, it's going to be a very heavily 105.1-centric show. Right. So a lot of dirt, hopefully. We'll, we'll see what happens. But We're going to also try to hit on the Kelvin Johnson E60 clips on ESPN. Yeah, which we'll were talk about that. really interesting and, and damning. And, well, nothing that anybody who's been a Detroit Lions fan for the last 56 years wouldn't know acutely. Right. So we'll get into all that. We're going to have a lot of sports talk uh, today. To get to, but of course, we're going to start the show discussing a couple things a little off topic. One, uh, this afternoon, I completed a transaction with the uh, Detroit Tigers in our lobby now. And if you go to Twitter, you can uh, look at Jeff Moss DSR's Twitter timeline and see some pictures of a sofa, a sofa bed. Very heavy sofa bed. I, is that I, what's out there? Yeah, what that is. Yeah, uh, Jessica, that's a wait. That's a sofa Jay, bed. Jay Sayre, Jay Sayre, it's a sofa bed. Jay, I would not sleep on that thing. No. <laughs> uh, for for the uh, very reasonable price. Of Rus- a, rustling paper, uh, Jessica, is a great sound for the radio. By the way, who are you, Rush Thank Limbaugh? You. Where's Bo Sturdley? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so for $1,000 plus sales tax, which I didn't know you got charged sales tax on used items, but the Tigers... What? Are you, Wait, I'm sorry. Are really? you jokingly saying it no, that way? No, I had to pay $1,000. No, 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 no. I mean, you said sales tax. Sales tax. Sales tax. What am I... My... I don't know. Maybe I'm just hearing it wrong. All Continue. Right. Anyway. No, he said it wrong. Yeah, you said it wrong. You said sales tax. I thought you were making a Howard Stern reference. Anyway, continue. <laughs> anyway, for the reasonable price of 1060 including tax... The DSR, and thanks to Greg Schultz, Josh Krieger, Mahir Bahatnagar, uh, Majewski, Aaron, Aaron the Juice, some other people, we raised enough money to buy Jim Leland's old sofa bed that he would use at Comerica Park. Uh, for example, let's say the Tigers were playing a night game, 7 o'clock start, and the next day they had it on a Wednesday, a 1 o'clock game. You know, Jim would just uh, talk to the media, spit chicken bits all over them in his press conference after the game. Get you know. pee in his underwear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he didn't want to drive to his apartment. I think it was in Royal Oak. So he would sleep over at Comerica Park after probably hitting up Greektown to play some slot machines. And then he would turn to sleep on this sofa bed. Well, I guess this nasty couch has been in Brad Osmus's office for the last two and a half years. And just a month ago, I guess Osmus told the Tigers that he didn't want it anymore. That, you know, can you get rid of it? I don't sleep on this. I go to my king-size California side. Now now having seen the the couch in question, I understand why he is not sleeping on it. I understand why he's not getting within I, five I feet of it. I wouldn't let my dog Marlo Stanfield Moss. <laughs> then why did anywhere you put it near... in the lobby? Okay, in can, hold on. I'll, we're going to get to that story. pee and possibly come seeing couch that's now sitting out there. Gonna, I don't want to come anywhere near it. 
Well, okay, I don't want to phrasing. I, I, I don't want to go listen, anywhere near. I don't it. want. I don't want HR in here, so I'm not even going to make. We don't a have an HR department. We're no, never going to. We, we need one. Anyway, oh, so about I don't know a month ago, Osmus said I don't want it anymore. I don't want this sofa. So the Tigers put it up for sale for a thousand dollars. He said it again. He said sale, didn't he? I don't. I'm. You listen, are correct. I'm, okay, thank you. It's my Michigan accent. I know. Okay. No, I can say sale, sale. Sale. That's not Michigan. I'm a moron. Leave say, me alone. Say, can I, can I say get a fucking right. Sale. I, okay, thank you. Thank you. Good job. Jesus fucking Christ. This show is going to be – is the undercard on tonight? Because we might <laughs> preempt them. And they're bigger than us. They are. Anyway, if I can finish my goddamn story. I'll start fucking talking right. <laughs> so they, the Free Press, Brian Manzullo and George Sipple write an article last week that this sofa bed is for sale. Obviously, I emailed immediately the Tigers and said I want to purchase it. And I didn't even do it in a way that was trying to circumvent them from selling it to the DSR. I figured, look, I'll just say it was Jeff Moss, Detroit Sports Rag, from the Detroit Sports Rag at Gmail email. And if they want to sell it to me, yes, they don't, they don't. I guess they didn't have any else bidding on it. So they actually sold it to me. We picked it up this afternoon. I had a couple of my mover friends bring it to the studio, and this thing is, if you look at the pictures, they sold me a sofa for $1,000 plus 6% sales tax, and they didn't call Hagopian in to steam clean it. The th- have you seen it? It's yeah. A, it's a mess. It's ugly, and it's corduroy. It's dusty. It's horrible. It, it has every... Uh, ne- we are going to next week, we are going to take a black light, or maybe even this week, yeah, I might come here with a black light, to look and see what's going on in this sofa. I haven't even pulled out the sofa bed yet. So because that's, uh, so that, that house of horse, I want surgical gloves on before so that's, I touch this uh, So that's why you stopped the cleaning lady from cleaning it today, is because you want to... Oh, be, you son of a bitch. No, no. Why he didn't wants you let to her collect clean evidence. It? He wants to collect you evidence. You couldn't have done that so before leaving happens. here for like a full week. People are <laughs> going to sit on that. No, I'm going to put a sign on This is a historical... <laughs> Yes. Artifact and do not even dear fucking sit on this thing. Oh, people are going to sit on no, it. No, they better they fucking better not. not. Uh. So here's what happened. So now I bring the sofa here at two o'clock. I have my delivery guys bring it here from Comerica Park. They drop it off and I put it in the corner. It's okay. not not where it is now. And then I'm like, okay, what it's, corner? That room's well, only not the so corner, big. but that like when you walk in to the right, okay. that wall. I just had yeah. it on the wall. Okay. Not part of the fucking ensemble. Well, she probably moved it because well, it looked really happened. stupid there. I'll tell you what happened. So now I'm like, okay, I got to get something to eat. I'm going to do some work for my real job, prep for the show. So I go to Mongolian barbecue for an hour and a half. Okay. Which is a whole other shit story, which we won't get into. Please. Thank you. But I walk back in. The sofa is now moved into a position like in the lobby where like it's being going to be used for people. And our cleaning lady is about... Steam back it. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you touching this? We just paid $1,060 so we can blacklight it, and you're about to clean the goddamn thing? Where's your blacklight? Why don't you bring it with you? I don't have one. I got to buy one, okay? I mean, it's Royal Oak. Gotta... I'm sure you can find a blacklight somewhere. <laughs> okay. So now I just I, I got back 30 seconds in the nick of time. Or the thing was going to be cleansed. Oh, thank thank God it God, wasn't. Because that would just be yeah. God so okay, bad. so here's what we're gonna do. Next Tuesday, I think we're gonna buy a tarp. We're gonna take the sofa. You and I will move it. Yeah. 
or actually maybe Jessica, she's stronger than you. <laughs> we'll, we're going to take it out to the to the parking lot. Anyone who wants to come, we'll probably do this around 6.45 next week, uh, end the show a little earlier. Axes, hatchets, we're gonna go chainsaws. Full, we're going to go full office space on this motherfucker. We're, gonna, we're going to destroy this, like the... Uh, yeah, the uh, fax machine. Yes, that's and we'll be playing. Thank ghetto- you, thank you for clarifying we'll, we'll, the reference I already we'll, made. We'll be playing. <laughs> we'll be playing Ghetto Boys music in the background to accompany our new format of Recoil at Podcast Detroit. And anyone who yo, wants to yo. come down who has aggravation over this team not winning a World Series with multiple worlds, oh, excuse me, MVPs, Cy Young winners, ERA champs, batting champs, spending billions, a billion dollars in the AL Central. When the next team basically spends half of what the Tigers payroll for the last seven or eight years, any aggravation, any frustration, if your girlfriend just dumped you in a text message after seven years of dating, if you were rear-ended in a car accident today, anything, you want to come down here next Tuesday, safety goggles, axes, hatchets, we're going to do a fucking number on this sofa and uh, so that's what I want it, to talk it's about. It's going to look like an East Lansing celebration. Yeah, folks. but you have to clean it up after because I'm we, not. We're we said we're going to put it on a tarp. Okay, Listen, good. I'm a neurotic Jew and I have OCD. We'll oh, perfect. It. Is there a dumpster back there? No, there is one next door. I'll ask him if we can use it yeah, next so, week. Yeah, if we can use it next week. Yeah. Okay, perfect. thank you. That's for charity. <laughs> now, before we get into sports, one more thing I want to talk about. I don't want to spend too much time on the sofa, but the cleaning lady. What? The cleaning lady has a daughter. Oh, my God. This crap again? And Seriously, in two weeks, look, you broke up with your girlfriend. You're in a rut. I understand that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for saying I'm in a rut. Well, you I was in a rut. I was in a rut. <laughs> clearly in a rut. Okay. Suicidal thoughts. Look. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. I don't, how old are you? 22. Okay. 23 The girl's August at least 10. 18 or 19. Please don't give me this bull. When I broke up with yeah, my wife. Yeah, she's cute. Why won't you ask her on a date? She's fucking hot. She's hot as a cleaning lady with like no makeup on, yeah. Like with a T-shirt that's got stains on it. Well, here's the here's the you're problem. You're coming here in two weeks. You're coming here earlier, and you're asking this girl out. Here's the problem. I I am aware I'm a very good looking guy, but women are not attracted to me when they actually talk to me. Put a fucking tape, oh, so you're one of those guys that you're really cute until you start talking, and then boom, it's ruined. It's not ruined. I'm just oh. I'm a great friend. I'm a great friend to women. Uh, especially huh. hot girls. So don't talk. Because all I do is think about Look, hot girls. Okay. So in two weeks, <laughs> so next week, hopefully, Sean Boijan and Greg Henson are going to be show, show, and we're going to destroy the sofa, the Leland oh, sofa. Oh, I can't wait for that. In two weeks, you're coming early, and you're asking this girl out on the air if we have to. On, on, on Periscope. Okay, well, you've called me out, so now if I don't do it, I look like a I need bitch. to live vicariously <laughs> through you. And don't give me this shit that you're four years older. When I was 33 and I broke up with Melissa, oh, she's I was 18? meeting girls on, online who was 19, who were 14 wow. years younger than me. And I don't want to go into the topic yesterday wow. in 97.1 where Scott Anderson said that he used to date girls 12 years younger than him. But if that 400-pound cross-eyed virgin slob can do it, date girls 12 years younger than him, supposedly in South Windsor... At Fat Camp, yeah, well, uh, you can meet a girl three or three Jeff, years younger than you. Jeff, okay, when I look like you and Scott the Gator Anderson, Excuse I'll make me? sure to adjust. I've my lost seventy seventeen pounds. Thank you. You look good. You good actually, you. he looks significantly better yeah. than he did two weeks ago, which is a great thing to say on an audio podcast. Yeah, don't you don't yeah, want to see Jeff? Fine, Jeff. I I will accept your All challenge. Right. I will dominate your challenge. I'm a winner, not a loser. Okay. 
So that's not that. like you're Scott asking the, the cleaning lady girl out. We'll that's see the if, end. if she is 18. I'm not asking her. Well, we'll find out what her age. We'll see if she's if she's 19 or above. I'll think. And about her mom's it. got good Jennifer Hammond stories too, which we can get oh. into maybe when you start dating her. Mm. Anyway, also since the last time we were on here, and I promise we're going to get into the Wings Tigers piss, and we're going for the full two hours, or at least until the uh, UFC guys come in here and beat the yeah, shit out of us and throw us out. Okay, I wouldn't mind talking UFC with them, but yeah, you can stay. Uh, two hundred two was great. Anyway, two hundred. I even know that. I know two hundred two is the one with McGregor and yeah, uh, thank Diaz. You. I mean, rematch. I don't. I hate fucking those guys rolling on the ground and beating each other. And even I know that Brock Lesnar was in. Excuse me, Brock. <laughs> <laughs> my fellow countryman Paul Heyman there. Of course. Um, so, the, so as I alluded to earlier, and we're not going to get into all of this, but a couple weeks ago, the last time we did a show, I was actually friends with Tony Paul. Um, we had a kind of a falling out over me breaking the story about Detroit Sports 105.1 flipping and abandoning their ESPN sports affiliation. Uh, not going to delve into all that today. But suffice to say, I went on a Periscope rant. And <laughs> something funny over there? No, 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 no. Okay. It's... I went on a Periscope ramp, which bizarrely got picked up by Deadspin.com. Now, I just want to give a quick backstory because I thought, you know, people, a couple people I like, told the story. I thought it was humorous. So before we get into some Tigers talk, I'll, I'll tell this quick antidote. Uh, so I Periscoped Marlo in our kitchen. And I think our kitchen's pretty nice looking. We just redid it last uh, two summers ago. Uh, all new granite. I like it. I think all it new cabinets. Good. Marlo's awesome. And Marlo's the greatest thing in the world. Cute. So we're in the kitchen, and because I'm hideous, even though I've lost 17 pounds, I'm still an absolute disaster to look at. When I periscope, I don't show myself. I show Marlo because he's like the cutest fucking thing in the world. Agreed? Yeah, nobody can be angry looking at that puppy. No. Or even irritated. So... I get home, my wife gets home and she sees on Twitter that I periscoped our kitchen. Uh huh. And she starts yelling at me and going off on me. Why did I do that? Why are you bringing people into our house? I don't want people seeing our home. I don't know if it was clean or not. And she starts screaming. Well, not she screaming. was mad probably because she didn't get a chance to like wash the floors or whatever before you I did it. Yes. So it's a girl thing. Right. You're OCD. You should get it. I get it a little, but come on. I mean, the kitchen looked fine. Everyone was watching Marlo and doing his thing anyway. Nobody cared about if our, you know, granite kitchen top was clean or not. I thought it was so, fine. So, like, in the middle of – I'm uh, so we're in bed. I'm not exaggerating. We're not making any of this up. And she's giving me shit about posting video to Periscope to a, whatever thousand people watched mm-hmm. of our kitchen. Now, while she's yelling at me, it's about 11.55 at night, I'm on Twitter, my tweet deck, and, and something pops up, a video. And it's a video, it's, a, it's a, like a screen capture of my kitchen. This is while she's yelling at me. It's a nice kitchen, by the way. Thank you. So I'm looking great. at this thing, I'm like, wow, this is bizarre. I didn't schedule a tweet to send out that Periscope. Or posted on the DSR uh, main page? Why is there, in my tweet deck timeline, why is there a picture of my kitchen? So I look a little closer, and it's a tweet from Deadspin. 
I had to do about a quadruple take. And the headline is something to the sort of Detroit bloggers, Detroit blogger, irate Detroit blogger goes nuts while dog licks ass. Yeah, close enough. Irate, <laughs> what is it? It, irate Detroit sports blogger yells while his dog sleeps, licks its own ass. No, I, I had no idea. Deadpit did not call me or no. contact me and email and say, we're running a story about your crazy parasol. Well, well, I would never have had any idea they were going to do it. It's this guy, uh, Patrick Redford. He's He also wrote about the, uh, the Connor Cook's dad thing. Oh, did he? Yeah, it's the same guy. Oh, okay. So clearly he seems to be a reader of the blog. Uh, I mean, he's one of at least 10,000 every week. So. so so, anyway, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, I don't even – now how do I tell my wife that our kitchen just went from being viewed by our, like, you know, <laughs> pissant followers, you know, Detroit local website – which maybe we'll get 10,000 hits, to a website that has 991,000 Twitter followers. How do you broach that subject in the middle of being yelled at about <laughs> videoing your kitchen? Um, I think you wear riot armor so you don't get murdered. That's how you So that's it. how I found out about, in uh, really, Deadspin, please. I mean, seriously, this is what you pick up from us? Not the Drew Sharp stuff. Spiro's, not, not. yeah, Spiro breaking the expose on Spiro, you know, breaking the news that Drew Sharp's a plagiarist, uh, and you know the free press doesn't do anything about it publicly. Every other website, big lead, awful announcing, Metro Times, every other website around's picking it up. Deadspin ignores it, but Marlo licks his tukus, and that becomes national news. Go fucking figure, man. What do you want me to say? I don't, I'm not sure. I it, kind of hey, paint pain you in a corner. It, it was a great rant, and I watched the whole thing, and I loved it. So I understand why they picked it up. Uh, I, I, my hope is that this Patrick Redford guy is reading the site pretty regularly and considering how often the DSR does break news in the Detroit sports media and just sports scene in general in an entertaining way and uh, – in a controversial way, some would say. I wouldn't be surprised if Deadspin's picking up more stuff in the near future. So we'll oh, see. Yeah, we'll see if they pick up a we'll see. destroying Once Ed, I mean, really, d- d- awful, Ed, announcing, Ed. awful announcing wasn't picking up a whole lot of DSR stuff before Ed Fang was, you know, uh, following. So No, excuse me. That would be uh, – no, no, it would be Ken Fang. Ken Fang, sorry. Ed, Ed, Ed is, Fang, sorry. Yeah, he's my, from my Detroit News. And... So let's get into some Tiger talk as we've uh... – just bullshitted for the first 25 minutes of the program with yep. nonsense. So we enter the All-Star break. The Tigers, 46-43. and 43. Six and a half games out behind the uh, Cleveland Indians. Four games out of the wild card. Uh, it's a weird position. <laughs> it's such a weird position because I think if you asked a lot of Tigers fans, like, if they saw this, I don't know if people necessarily saw this right above 500. I, I, when I think about it, most of the projections I was seeing were people either saying this is a playoff team, a team that's going to compete for the Central Division title, or this is a team that's barely, not even a fringe wildcard team. So this sort of faux contention is, I think, an odd place for this team to be at this point in the season, especially considering how up and down the pitching staff has been 
how up and down the lineup has been. I, I know you have even stronger feelings on this, especially regarding Brad Ausmus, who has clearly cost this team multiple games just like he has the last couple years. So, um, or just last year, excuse me. But. So when I was down at Comerica Park this afternoon and picking up the sofa, and if you watch the Periscope, basically what happened was uh, they had moved it out of Osmus's office, and we had to pick it up from, if, you know where the fountain and the statues are in center field? That ramp? Yeah. They brought, they, Hilo brought the sofa up the ramp. Oh, God. And I said to the guy who was, you, you know, utilizing that uh, piece of equipment, if you'd like, I've got movers here. We can take the rest of Brad Osmus's stuff with us. <laughs> uh, we'll pack that out, too. Yeah. And if you want, if Osmus is here, hey, we'll take we'll, him we'll as ta- well. We'll, put, we'll strap him onto the sofa. We'll throw him into the dumpster. Yeah, no, Detroit River. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're, they're six and a half out. and he's a, he's a very pretty dude. What do you think that black light would reveal for him? I don't even sorry. Think about Should that. I not have said what, that? What I want to think about is the last week where how did this how this guy in July twelfth, uh what, the night of the all star game, we don't play again until Friday. This would have been the perfect time to fucking fire this dipshit. Not gonna happen, John. It's it's obviously not gonna it's happen. It's not gonna happen. What what are Sam <laughs> Menzin, Al Avila, and Jay Sartori, we were sold a bill of goods. Plymouth Rock landed on us. We didn't land on Plymouth Rock, okay? This is a bunch of bullshit at this point. I I, I don't care if I'm going to be repetitive now, Jasper, for a moment. Well, why why would you? Because this team and their struggles are so repetitive. $200 million payroll, halfway through, a little more than halfway through the season. You're barely over 500, and you're just barely in touch with the team that has dominated you all season, the Cleveland Indians. And then just last to, to week. To be fair, for the last, what, month and a half, they've dominated everyone. Not the Yankees, who they lost 3-4 this weekend, and the Tigers could have made ground. And instead, they didn't because of the idiotic managerial decisions of this fucking Dartmouth dummy. This dipshit. I'm so... I, I really don't even know if I even can watch the team on Friday. It, it, it's so disturbing to me that you tell us that you're going to become an advanced metric organization, that you've put all of this money now into hiring uh, Christopher Long, you've put an intern program into place, as Sam Menzen said at the at the Seahome High School that I went to that speech a few weeks ago. Who gives a fuck about any of this if this doesn't translate to the field? Well, and let me, let's go over the four things well, he wait, did wait, last wait, week. Let me, let me touch on something really quick before you even get to that, because you say, oh, advanced metrics. But batting Mike Avilas... As a pinch hitter instead of Stephen Moya, has nothing to do with advanced metrics. It even if you're just looking at the basic old school metrics of home runs and batting average and RBIs and runs and everything like that, it's nonsense. So this guy, forget even advanced metrics. This guy isn't even making good decisions with regular metrics These, with dumbass right, exa- metrics. You're very, it's a very good point. These are decisions that any that Sparky Anderson could have made. Uh, that you don't Earl need to Weaver, be Bill James. Earl Weaver. You can go back to the managers. That, Fucking uh, Tony the Larusa, twenties and thirties. Four decisions he made, all blasted on Twitter before the act, the culmination of the, the result occurred last week, Monday, biggest game of the year. They hadn't beat Cleveland all season long. Daniel Norris goes out early in the game with an injury 
to his oblique. They're miraculously still in the game 3-3 in the seventh inning. Shane Green, K-Rod, Justin Wilson, none of their top thrillers ever come into a game 3-3 in the seventh inning. Brings Rondon in, who gets up a fucking home run. Oh, and then who do you bring in next? Mark Lowe. Mark Lowe. Pitches Mark Lowe in a 5-3 game. (laughs) I mean... God forbid you keep yourself in it even when you've already fucked up and you've gone down. Seriously. And and when K-Rod hasn't pitched for four days, Jasper, against Toronto, the first game. Hold on. The first game, K-Rod hasn't pitched in four days. The guy's got fucking spider webs, cobwebs on his right arm. Team's winning by one run with two men on in scoring position. Two outs in the eighth inning. He brings in Alex Wilson instead of K-Rod to get a four-out save, even though on June 1st he brings K-Rod in in a 3 nothing game with two outs in the eighth inning with two men on. And K-Rod acquits himself very nicely, gets out of the game, gets the save. Two strikeouts, one walk, no damage. End the game against the Angels. Same si- worst situation, higher leverage. He brings in fucking Alex Wilson. K-Rod doesn't pitch for a week because of this. What is he saving the guy for? A guy who had an incredible... You're, you're not being hyperbolic, by the way. He literally did not pitch for a week. Seven days. Seven fucking days. Because he didn't want to pitch him in a four-out situation. In the in, When you're on the precipice of falling so too far behind Cleveland... How many games do you want to get? Where's the sense of urgency? Where's it ever been with this guy? Never even in the playoffs has he ever had any sense of urgency against Baltimore. What, you mean all one playoff series he's ever been in? We That's fine. But we saw what he did, not pitching David Price for the third game. We, we, I'm not even going to fucking, like I said, well, no, and, re- and you know what, Jeff? And you know, part of what is so unbelievably frustrating is that even though guys like Tony LaRussa or Jim Leland's a perfect example, while they did things that I did not agree with and you certainly did not agree with and we all thought were stupid, at least there was a sense of consistency and conviction to their decisions. There's nothing like that with what Brad Osmus does. I agree. You mentioned the Moya decision. Two outs in the sixth inning. Bases loaded of a one-run game. Michael Velas comes up, a guy with a 550 OPS this year, which is not an anomaly. He's never hit in his whole entire career. And Forget he's his-, his OPS. Just look at his batting average. Just look at his batting average, okay. and it doesn't make sense. Right. No, really. Because when you're talking about a guy who is such an idiot, like Brad Ausmus has proven himself to be, you need to speak in the terms of that idiot. You can't bring up advanced physics when OPS you're dealing... is exactly the biggest sabermetric advanced stat there is. It is to this guy, apparently, because he doesn't seem to make any decisions based on it. He's, he, he doesn't pinch hit Moya for Avila's. And that's... With 10 outs left in a game. Then he says, quote, probably not going to pinch hit in the sixth inning. And former DSR contributor and DSR legal... Uh, uh, excuse me, DSR legal staff attorney, a bad boy Bill Yoakum made a great point to me about Osmus refusing to pinch hit with two outs in the sixth inning with with Moya, a guy who's got a, a 900 plus OPS, small sample size granted, instead of a career piece of garbage like Michael Veals, who shouldn't even be on the roster. I don't even know why the fuck they signed him in the offseason. This is the same 
manager who in the third or fourth inning will bring in the infield in with like one out and a man on the third. Trying to do anything to save a run in the second or third or fourth inning, but the same guy in the sixth inning with two outs who refuses to bring in a guy who might break open the game. They got a, they got Jesse Chavez on the mound, a righty. Perfect situation for Steven Moya. And did Steven Moya ever even get into the game? No, they go down 6 nothing because they don't score there. Weak ground ball to shortstop by Michael Vilas on the first pitch. End of inning, one nothing, And then the bullpen, the middle reliever guys who stink, they come in and give up a 6 nothing game. And then there's never a position to ever bring in Steven Moya, who with one swing of the bat could have opened that game up. The guy basically cost our team three games in a week. Then, incredibly, we haven't even gotten to his biggest fucking transgression yet. <laughs> On Sunday, the last fucking game before the All-Star break, Jasper. Brad Ausmus before the game, after the game, says, all hands on deck. We had everyone available in the bullpen. Justin Verlander, who was going to throw a um, bullpen session that day, probably could have even thrown an inning. He's not going to start till Friday. And he had pitched, what, on Thursday? So he had Friday, Saturday, he had a couple days. He could yeah. pitch one inning. But there's never a sense of urgency. Well, he starts I mean, Anibal Sanchez, the guy with the worst ERA starter in all of baseball. He's been terrible. All he's hands a, on deck, Jeff. He's, he's a human <laughs> jugs machine at this point. Go to a batting cage and just dial up 80, uh, 90 miles per hour. That's Anibal Sanchez at this point. Well, Jeff, you know what? It, I mean, this is all I can say uh, about Anibal Sanchez. When Mike Pelfrey is a preferable option to you, and his contract. Mike Pelfrey looks, looks like Bob Gibson looks, in comparison When his, when his contract next to yours makes it look reasonable and good, you fucking suck. And that is what that's where Annabelle Sanchez is right now. Because as of right now, he's getting paid twice the amount Mike Pelfrey is getting paid for his ridiculous contract. And he's putting up even worse performances. Say what you will about Mike Pelfrey. He had two back-to-back good starts. Anibal Sanchez has not done that once this season. I don't even know if he did it last season. I I haven't dove for the stats, but I'd guess that over the last year and a half at this point, Anibal Sanchez has been probably the worst starting pitcher in baseball. He got through three innings giving up two runs. The game was still close. He let Anibal Sanchez pitch against Josh, Josh Donaldson. I know. I, he I, had everyone available. He could have brought Shane Green. He brought Joe, he could have brought anyone in. And then he gives up a fucking three-run homer predictably to Josh Donaldson. He brings in a career 13-year minor leaguer. Now it worked out in, with Molkin or whatever the fuck his name is. He's got everyone available. He he doesn't pull Sanchez before Donaldson comes up and basically puts the game out of reach. How is this guy still employed? How? How? What are you? El Avila, what do you see that we don't? By, by the way, Jeff, you know what I want to say? You know how I hit on a 19-year-old girl on Bumble the other day? By, by asking her her opinion on... Brad Osmus leaving Sanchez in to face Donaldson. You know what she said? It was nonsense. Why the hell did he do it? 
A 19-year-old girl has more baseball sense than this Mimbo what manager. What is Bumble? Uh, it's like Tinder, but uh, the girl has to hit you up first. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so 19-year-olds online are okay, but not ones who clean this facility. I didn't say. Maybe, I said 19 was you, fine. 18. Maybe you just, 18's no. What? What? That's not the point. The point, Jeff. You got, you've got me confused. The point, Jeff. I'm trying to live vicariously through you, and I'm trying to understand what the, you're doing. Jeff, the point is that a 19-year-old girl on a dating app knows more about playing and managing the game of baseball than the manager of this team. It's insanity. Okay, so let's get to the next point. I mean, we've adjudicated or we've decided that Ausmus should be gone. There's only basically one person in the world who thinks he should still be employed. Unfortunately, that's the general manager of the team. I, I, at this point, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I, I just want to point out right now, Stephen Moya in uh, 86 at-bats this year has five home runs. Uh, that is more than Mike Avilas has put up in one, two, three, four, five, six. of. It's the same or more than Avilas has put up in six of his seasons total. The guy's been in no, the it, league for eight years. You know, and, and this is the Olympia Entertainment uh, nonsense that we have to put up with both of these teams, whether it be Moya sitting instead of for, for Avilas or Joachim Anderson uh, playing over Anthony Mantha or Andres Anthanasiu not getting minutes, which we'll get into the wings in a few minutes in the Pistons, but it, it's just at, at least aggravating. At least the Tigers don't have uh, any great prospects to give away for nothing. Because the farm system's been shit for so long. So, so <laughs> they, can't, sh- they can't do it. Although, hey, they tried last year with Eugen- Eugenio Suarez for uh, Alfredo Simon. So the Tigers don't play another game until July 15th, which is Friday against Kansas City. So basically there's going to be two-week period of time between the first game back post-All-Star break and the trade deadline, give or take a day or so. If this team is sitting eight or nine games back of Cleveland heading into August 1st. If this team is in a mix with three or four other teams like the Yankees and the Royals and the White Sox, sitting five or six games or maybe even more back of the wild card behind Boston and Toronto, what do you do? I suggested, and, and, and you know, I was... A few weeks ago, I said there's no reason to sell because you've got no sellable assets. It's not like last year where you had David Price and Joaquin Soria and Jonas Sepsipidis, all pending free agents that you could deal for prospects. There's there's not many obvious t- you know choices to trade. And I wrote an article on Sunday night saying basically – if this team is nine or ten games behind Cleveland heading into around you know, August first, and not really even in the wild card chase, which is an if come game anyway, because you play one game. If you're five, if you're even five or six games out of the wild card, and you're eight or nine back of Cleveland, I think you've got to put everything on the market. And I agree. Justin Verlander, Ian Kinsler, Miguel Cabrera, everyone, everyone should have a price tag on them. Just like the sofa I purchased earlier today. I'm not sure if they trade Miguel Cabrera, if you get the 6% sales tax or not. 
on the $224 million contract. But Well, I, I, I don't everyone, think they should move Cabrera, but... Well, look at... I don't think they will. I don't think... I'm not sure if... Well, who... Who knows who's running the team? Yeah, that's a great. We point. don't know if Mike Illich is an iron lung at this point. Well, we don't even know what the team's philosophy is, really, because we're getting different. We're getting different answers from the front office as we are from the product on the field. Because the front office is saying we're a more sabermetrics crowd now, but what we're seeing on the field flies in the face of that. So I have absolutely no idea what's going on with this team and. Like I said, it, that's really what is so frustrating for me is that there's no consistency. Because if you're going to be consistent and stupid, at least I can understand that and I can work with that and I can criticize that on a broader basis. But if you don't have any sort of an idea what you're doing on a game-to-game basis, if you don't have a set plan, then you're just flailing in the water waiting to drown. And that's what this team seems like they're doing. As of right now, they're, what, six games back? Six and a half. Six and a half games back. They're flailing in the water. Either they're going to sink or they're going to swim. And right after the All-Star break is when we're going to find that out. But unfortunately, they don't even have really the time to figure out where they're going to be. So... Well, they have two weeks. They got two weeks. I'm telling you... Really, do you... I mean, seriously. Do you really think with the way the pitching staff is now... That you can, where Mike Pelfrey is going to be your first starter coming out of the break. Second. So, oh, I'm sorry. Who's the first? Verlander. Oh, my apologies. Then. I, I actually thought Pelfrey was first. But anyway, where even then, where Pelfrey is your second starter coming out of the break, what does that say about you? You should. Well, here's, I mean, that's because of injury. Look, but that's the full, point. And because of Fulmer being a, being, on <laughs> but that's a, on the a point. You have you have limit. your best pitcher. But here's, but here's no way, Jeff. But your yeah, best but pitcher let me might not even be one. available for the playoffs if you do. Make no, them. he'll be in the playoffs if he if they miraculously got there. He'll pitch just like would last, he? Just like last year. What about Strasburg? Strasburg didn't pitch in the playoffs when the when the Nationals yeah, had the, their best chance the to Tiger, win a title. But the Tigers have been managing him all year long. Point to that fact. He's not pitching to the fifth game. They they rested him a couple of times, so I'm not really worried about that. They're not going to get to the playoffs with this team. Regardless, but, you can't get to the playoffs unless Fulmer is pitching a lot because while the bullpen's been good lately, it has not been good over the the course of the season. And when it's being mismanaged so horribly, when you're in situations where if you use your bullpen correctly, you can stay in the game, but Brad Ausmus refuses to do that. Brad Ausmus puts guys like Bruce Rondone, puts guys like Mark Lowe into the game in crucial situations, comeback situations, tie game situations against divisional rivals. You can't win like that. And I'm not sure you're going to be able to make up enough ground on the Cleveland Indians in two weeks. I just don't see it. Well, they, it's not When you they, look at the difference between don't the have to, They don't have to make up a ton of ground on Cleveland, but if they lose ground, then what are you going to do? If you're 9 or 10 back, no, screw it, what Jeff, are you going to Jeff, do? If, if they in can, two I mean, weeks, Jeff, if in two weeks you're still six games back, can you really justify buying? Yes, yes, you can. Wow, I see. If it you're only, if, if, that, if you're only, I really see that one team. If you're only chasing one team and the team gets healthy and you're six games back, they're not selling. There's no fucking way in a million years or something. What I'm saying is, everyone goes on the market if they're nine, ten games back. If they're six games back. There's no fucking way. And I don't know. Like but I that, said, that seems just stupid to we me don't, when you look at the wild card race and there's so many teams in it right now. But that, that's a, they've got a better chance of winning the division than making the wild card. I agree. At this, at this point I, I agree with that, even though they're less games out of the wild card. 
Right. That's what I'm saying. So, but we don't, that's the thing. We don't know where this franchise is. And we're going to go to a break real quick, quick break, and we're going to come back and talk about the Wings. But we don't know Mike Yelich's health. We don't know who's making the call. We don't know, we have no clue why Brad Osmus is still the manager. The guy's a lame duck. There would be no harm in getting rid of him right now and making a Manchurian candidate like Omar Vizquel or someone of that ilk and saying, look, this is how we want you to run the team. And if you want any chance of coming back next year, you're going to run the team like this. And you're going to do it based on analytics and making smart decisions, not these fucking moronic decisions, four choices that Brad Ausmus made uh, last week in the middle of a pennant chase against the team that they were chasing in the wild card and the team that they're chasing in the division, or even when they were in the middle of a four-game winning streak a couple weeks ago in Seattle when Brad Ausmus was making fucked-up decisions then. Uh, who is running this organization? I have no idea. Wow. And, I, and, 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 and on that, I'll say, if they are 9 or 10 games back, they've got to put everyone on the market, including the superstars, and start rebuilding. Just like they did last year with Fulmer and Norris and Jacoby Jones and others that they acquired, Matt Boyd, they're going to have to continue that process. And if they're five or six back, yeah, go and get a fourth or fifth starter. Go get a situational lefty. But it's it's really that, to me, it's that thin of a line between being five or six back or being nine or ten back. Wow, and it feels like the worst place to be right now. Honestly, it feels like the worst place to be because if you're a couple games back right now, You'd be in full sell mode. If you're a couple games ahead, you'd be in full buy mode. But six well, games. We'll see where we are. You got two six weeks. Six games, it's. You got two weeks. All right, we're going to take a quick break uh, at the uh, Recoil 1051. And after the break, we're going to come back and talk about another Olympia Entertainment Illich disaster the free agency period of the Detroit Red Wings. You're listening to a previously recorded episode of the Detroit Sports Rag Podcast. Yeah. All right, we're back on Recoil, Detroit's, or excuse me, podcast Detroit Recoil, hip-hop from the 90s and 2000s. My name is Jeff Moss, co-hosting as always, not always, but recently, Jasper Apollonia, who I like to call Terry Foster, who's <laughs> arguing with people on Facebook while we try to do this. No, show. I'm, I'm you done. You really need to shut that fucking computer. No, I'm good. Don't let fake virginal manatee get Jeff, into your head. Okay, wait, Jeff, here's the thing. Me... Sitting back and letting you do your thing when it comes to the Tigers, that's generally the best case thing because when you start going, I start going, and then we start talking over each other. It's better off when just one of us is ranting. Listen, so, the view's been on for seventeen years, so yeah. Well, I think they, I think that, they, that strategy must work. I think they have a slightly different demo audience than yeah, we they're do. women. So uh, I'm just gonna throw that out there. Well, yeah, Jasper's got female like uh, qualities. That is true. I, I do have very feminine features. Exactly. So let's go from one abortion of an Illich enterprise to another. Uh, like I said before, when we started the show, uh, we hadn't discussed the right-wing free agency period. Is it? By the way, Jeff, isn't it kind of funny how much both of these franchises mirror each other right now? Where they're in this bullshit transitional period where they have these old stars and – these new young guys, less so for the Tigers, obviously, who it, it's just this awful mix of not being able to know whether you should buy or sell at every trade deadline. It's this awful mix of not knowing who's going to play 
in what situation that they shouldn't be. You have two managers, a coach, obviously, if you're talking about the Red Wings, but who seem to not know what they're doing on a night-in, night-out basis. You have no idea what's going on in the front office. You have no idea what's going on I think we have an idea what's going on in the front office of the Red Wings. Wow, pure stupidity. But you don't know where he's going to... Hey, no, you know what? Actually, Ken Holland's gotten to the point where he's almost predictably bad. So that, no, that's all the, the moves that he made... That's the difference. basically things that you could see Ken Holland. No, I mean, you know, we, we anticipated David Backus being here. Instead, it was, you know, Franz Nielsen, which is like, okay... What's really the difference when it comes down well, to Fran it? Well, Fran is a better player. He's a better player right now. But the but contract in, but that he four, gave him was But ridiculous. in four years, when that contract is still there and it's the same amount of money, what's the difference? What's the difference it, 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 it's then? It's just aggravating that we watch these two teams. What's the difference between Jordan Tutu and Steve Ott? Really? When it comes down to it? Uh, about $900,000 for a year. Mm-hmm. And then Tutu got signed for three years and Steve Ott only... Thankfully, for signed for one. one. Yeah, that's true. God, that's even worse. Huh, now that I think about it, but at, at least when Tutu was here, there was a, I guess, a need. Sort no, of. There wasn't. Now that the, there was Steve absolutely no need no, for Steve Ott. There's but, no need for Steve Ott. No. And the free agent moves. Just, it's it just so aggravating because all I think a large portion of the Red Wings fan base wants is the young players to get a chance. If the Red Wings missed the playoffs after 25 straight seasons, I don't think there's going to be a revolt of the fan base. I don't think there's very many fans out there of the Red Wings. I don't care if you're from West Bloomfield or Bloomfield Hills or River Rouge or Wyandotte or wherever the fuck you're from who are going to be terribly upset if the Red Wings play the young players for one year and let's say they end up with a sixth or seventh pick in the draft. There's a sort of an excitement to that. Well, Jeff, I mean, who's really been more critical than the DSR? Really? Nobody. Nobody. And even you have said you don't hold anything against the Red Wings because they gave you four titles. And and that's fair enough. And I, you think you're going to be okay with missing the playoffs after 25 years? Trust me, the guys from Windout and Downriver are not going to hold it against the the Wings for missing the playoffs once and and giving the young guys a go. And this is timely. At, hold on a second. This is timely. Oh, Brian okay. Kavanaugh, DSR's media editor, sent me a hockey news article which was rating all of the teams, the franchise and general managers in the NHL, and they have Ken Holland and the Red Wings as number twenty one. And I'm going to read this to you. The Red, Wings were, the Red Wings were once the best front office in the NHL, running the best team in the NHL. That was when Mike Yulich had an unlimited uh, checkbook. And, before, well, and, he had a, and he had a scouting staff that knew things that no other staff in the league knew. Right, and it was when they had, you know, it was pre-salary cap. Of course. It's hard not to see that's all in the past, though. This is the hockey news. It's hard not to see that's all in the past, though. Well, what is hockey news now? People still have faith in their ability to find hidden gems at the draft, which really hasn't happened much lately. That but not, not much necessarily else. true. Uh, yeah, it is. Hockey and Anderson has even dried up in the recent I'm saying league. they've gotten, I mean, I'm saying like third rounders, but okay. it's not yeah. to the point yeah, where they're getting stars in the they're sixth, seventh round. They're not getting Gatsuk and Zetterberg. No, yeah. no. They're, the they're, they're a mid-round steel team. The team has done a lot of work to try and keep their playoff streak alive, but it's likely hurting the team long-term, as they seem content with one round of playoff hockey per year. That's not the Detroit sports rag. That's not critical fans. That is the Bible of the NHL, the hockey news saying that. 
Wake up, people. Wake up, white people. It's, 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 it's embarrassing at this point that this franchise, because of two people, Chris Illich, Mike Illich's son, who doesn't give two fucks about anything but keep continuing that playoff streak, why I have no idea to get two extra gates at home per year, or maybe three at max, and Ken Holland, continue, it is ridiculous. And all they did with these signings, these superfluous signings, Franz Nielsen, Steve Ott, Vanek I'm not too upset about. In no, a Vanek, vacuum, Vanek right. I like, but, but, Good risk. When, but here's the thing. And when re-signing, you have, hold on, re-signing four Darren other Hell. guys. <laughs> you bring in, this team has a absolute clog at the forward position. Well, it's After just like. see you, Mantha, Tyler Bertuzzi, all of these guys, re- Pulkinen, all these guys, hold on, ready to make a splash in the NHL, and then you go and add three plus bringing back Helm, free agent forward, you do nothing to address the fact that your main issue is the blue line, and we all knew there was no defensive top pair guys who you were going to be bringing in because they just weren't available on the market through free agency. When are they available on the market through free agency, Jeff? Well, Ryan Suter was available. No, no, I'm a few saying years ago. when when are they when are their next going to be top pair guys? Maybe maybe next year you might be able to get a Brent mm. Burns. Headman's off the market now. True. Uh, Shattenkirk, who's almost positively, if he gets traded in, in, in to a team and re ups, but if he stays in St. Louis, he's not going back because they're in a financial crunch. It, it is at, just at so very, fucking about- frustrating that this team is completely incompetently run. They don't even know what their fans want. No, they don't. And and Jeff, you know, you brought up a guy like Tyler Bertuzzi. I don't know if you saw that vine of him yesterday where he, where he absolutely just clowned a def- a, a, the defender, uh, knocked his stick out the way, and, I mean, that was brutal. That was vicious. I, I know Tyler Bertuzzi is a pick that the DSR as a whole were not big fans of. But no, it the, was the Corey Coaster, uh, the ghost of Corey Coaster with the Tyler. Bertuzzi but here's center. the thing. But he worked out. Tyler Bertuzzi has has looked very, very good. I, I'll admit, you know far more about the wings than I do. But Tyler Bertuzzi, for me, every time I've seen him, he's impressed me. At least the DSR is willing to admit when we've made mistakes, and are willing to go in a direction where those mistakes can be fixed. Where if there's a mistake. I don't think we give a shit if, you know, if Landon Ferraro's gone. Nobody from the DSR is still beating the Landon Ferraro drum. But the point is, if there's an issue, it needs to be fixed. And if there are young guys who need to be in the lineup, who are offensive players, that's where I see the majority of the young talent in this organization coming from. It's offensive, not defensive. Because Spruill and Alette, they they're still not up here. They haven't. Proved. Well, they're going to be. They better be, or they're going to lose them. They're <laughs> out of options. That's what I'm saying. But, it's like these, these young hold guys on, defensively on. haven't hold proven on. themselves. Hold but even this on. year, wait, hold even, on, wait. Let me finish my fucking thought. Even this year, if you had a point, I'd let you finish. Even this year, when you had the chance to draft a guy who next year, or even the year after that, could be up in Detroit, 
You traded him away. The trade of the chance for him away. So you could sign more forwards with Pavel Datsuk's contract gone. Well, that, and that's the problem. That that is the that is the crux. Of you the don't issue. even know what your issues are as an organization. And for people to hold out hope that Ken Holland is going to be able to parlay these excess forwards for a top four defenseman, Brad Stewart was in two thousand seven. It ain't happening, when, when folks. Was, when was Matthew Schneider? Oh Christ. 2000, I mean, that was almost a decade ago, I think. <sighs> it's he not happening. He hasn't been able to pull off a trade like that in almost a decade. He is now ranked, by the hockey news, basically the 20... And I, I think that's kind. I think he's in the bottom five at this point in GMs. And for this, to, it is so aggravating to live in a city where everyone continues to celebrate Ken Holland. You had that punk Ashley Birchfield on 97.1's blog saying how savvy Ken Holland was. Now he took advantage of the Arizona Coyotes general manager. Oh, yes, the Coyotes. They, they did, Even though they needed to get from under the cap floor, yeah. you know, the, the Coyotes that needed to add salary. any sort of salary. Right. The fact that, the, you know, and, and we don't know. First of all, the NHL's a crapshoot, just like almost every other league. But more so, you're drafting 17- and 18-year-old kids. But there was a consensus that Jacob Chikrin was going to be ready to play in the NHL in the next couple of years. And even if he – here's the thing, though, Jeff. Even if he can I talk? isn't – Can I fucking even talk? Even if he fucking isn't – Can I fucking talk? All right. Please. You can talk all you want when we get to the okay. Pistons. Okay. I'll Thank shut you. up. I'll shut up. Shut you're up. right. You're right. You're right. They had an opportunity to draft a puck-moving defenseman and be set up for next season to have Pavel Datsuk's $7.5 million come off the board when guys like Jamie Benn, Shattenkirk, Brent Burns, and others are potentially free agents. Instead of sitting on that money, they handed it out to a 32-year-old center who probably – put up somewhere around 45 to 50 points in Franz Nielsen, and who they'll be paying until he's 38 years old. And and as in my article about the free agency moves, I posted what centers do when they enter their mid-30s. We might get two good years out of Franz Nielsen. And in those two years, is this team going to be competing for a Stanley Cup? I don't think so. Next year... Go look at Salary Geek or Salary Cap. Whatever that website is now that the guy who ran the old one has passed away, unfortunately, a cancer at a young age. Go look at what the Red Wings are going to have coming up the cap off the cap next year. Not much, folks. If anything. <laughs> look at what they're gonna have coming off the cap in the next six years. Seriously. No, they 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 they've Franz Nielsen, if you're in a team. Let's say the Phoenix, excuse me, Arizona Coyotes. If you don't have cap issues, eh, maybe you take a chance on a 32-year-old center and give him a six-year deal. At the very but, least, he'll be able to de- help with the development of your young players. But when you're a franchise that's already tied up with contracts to Justin Abdelkader, to Nicholas Cronwell, to Jonathan Erickson, to Henrik Zetterberg. <laughs> to Darren Helm. Do, do we need, well, I mean, they didn't have... Um, that's what I'm there. saying, though. But, but really, Henrik really, Zetterberg, if you want to see how a center ages... A superstar center, a borderline Hall of Fame guy. A probably, I would, I would argue, he probably is going to make the Hall. Maybe, of 
Maybe. The jury's I, I still think out. so. The winged wheel does mean Franz something. Franz Nielsen is no Henrik Zetterberg. No. We've seen how Henrik Zetterberg's aged. All of these contracts on the books, how many of them can you buy out and at what cost? And you just added a 32-year-old center to six-year term. You just brought back Darren Helm. When you've got guys in the organization who could replace Darren Helm at a fraction of the cost, Tyler Bertuzzi, Athanasiu, how are they going to fo- are they going to have two teams? They have so many fucking forwards <laughs> that they could I, almost have play. You know, like in the spring training when the Tigers have. Split squad. Well, I think they could almost have a split squad NHL organization. I, I can't remember who it was on the DSR who said this, but uh, it's like maybe it even wasn't that. Maybe it was just Twitter because it seems as though everyone understands that the wings right now are so dysfunctional. It's like, you know, what are you going to do? Go five lines and four defenders? Who, who you know, uh, Prashanth the other day tweeted out a thing about uh, the the Wings ha- in terms of, oh, gosh, I can't even remember, but it was top 150 defensemen. The Wings had two guys in, like, the top 100. And the number one guy was the guy who didn't, didn't play, play in the playoffs. In games one and two of the playoffs, Brand Smith. Yep. They can't even Dang. evaluate their own fucking talent. Is there a sofa I can buy from the Red Wings that we can destroy? Danny DeKaiser was is the there second. A, is there a Chris Draper sofa? Dan- yeah, we can purchase and take hatchets to next week, too. Danny DeKaiser was the second-best defender on the Wings last year. He ranked 75th, something like that. It's a no—you don't need analytics. Watch the, watch the games. The yeah. eye test. You can see that this team is desperate for defensive help. And what do they do? They double down—they bring back help. Why? Because Ken Holland had to spend the money he freed up by trading Datsuk for, for a projection second-round pick who might be in the NHL in Dennis Chalowski in five years after he sits it in college for three or four years, as Ken Holland says he needs, and then goes to Grand Rapids, I might be dead. But I'm an older guy now. I might not be around by the time Dennis Chalowski gets in the NHL. You <laughs> passed on a chance to take Chikrin who at one point was considered the second-best prospect in the entire draft behind Austin Matthews, a guy who might be ready for the league in two years at a position of need. Instead, you take Darko Milicic on skates, and then you waste the money you freed up by signing superfluous forwards. Bullshit. Where is... Are we going to start the season again with Athens CU and Mantha and Grand Rapids? Because we got to make room for that cunt Steve Ott? I, I mean, that's like really the ridiculous thing is because what we should be arguing about is whether Tyler Bertuzzi should be. Tyler on, Bertuzzi? There's no, no chance! But that's what I'm saying. What we should be upset about is that Tyler Bertuzzi is not going to be on the opening roster. That's what we should be upset about. But right now, what we have to wonder is whether a guy like Anatha CU, like whether a guy like Mantha, high picks, guys who have shown at some level, Anatha CU at the NHL level, Mantha at a lower level, but still he was a first rounder. These guys have shown the potential, have shown the talent 
to where they should be in the NHL this year, where this is a team that's not going to be competing for anything meaningful, where they should be up here learning how to play at the NHL level, where they're not this even going to get the chance. This is a systematic issue where all they care about is continuing that streak. It's like having a sick dog, and instead of doing the humane thing and euthanizing it, you continue to do whatever to see this struggling pet live. That's what the playoff streak is at this point. No, it is. Because they don't have any chance of going any further than a first or second round. Jeff, it's like the last year of my relationship with my ex-girlfriend. On fucking life support the entire time and a complete waste of everyone's time. If it, By it's the way, over, do you know who number over. one? Guess who number one on that list of general managers? Guess. Boom. Guess. I would say, oh gosh, I'm going to take a wild, crazy guess and go, Steve Eiserman? That's correct. Oh my goodness. How could I have thought that? It's not like everything he's done in the last couple of years has been gold. And that's, let's get to that for a second. Because Ken Holland has fucking dug his grave. Ken Holland. Yeah, except for with the people that it matters. Ken, and that's the problem. No, Mike Illich is at fault here. Because Mike Illich, when he went to Ken Holland a couple years ago, a few years ago, and said, I'd like you to move up to the front office. You can be the president. You can pick out uh, what colors the concourse in the new arena, Little Caesars Stadium, are going to be. Uh, what the uh, seat cloth is going to look like. Are we going to use urinals or troughs? <laughs> he could have, Ken Howard could have been wait, picking the way, all of that. By the way, uh, urinals is the right answer. Right. He could have been, Mike Illich, when he said, he went to Ken Howell and said, I want you to be the president. I want you to oversee the entire organization. But I want the kid that I drafted in 1983 who helped rebuild this organization to a point that it was in the 50s and early 60s. The guy who, if it wasn't for the arguably best player in NHL history, Gordie Howe, being the face of your organization, would have been the ultimate face of your organization. He wanted him to stay as general manager. Why did Mike Illich give Ken Holland any sort of choice whatsoever? He should have said, Ken, you're going upstairs, and Steve is going to be the general manager. Instead, he gave him an option, and Ken Holland selfishly said, no, I want to remain in charge of player personnel. It wouldn't be fair to Jim Nill to do this, because Jim Nill was still in the organization, Mm. even though Jim Nill, everyone in the world knew that he was going to get a GM position as soon as he wanted one, basically. Mike Yolich is at default for what's going on now. Because the same guy who figured out a way to keep Victor Hedman and Steve Stamkos in the fold in a non-hockey city. In, in, in a non-hockey organization, really. Right. When you look at the, I mean, that organization's only been around for less than two decades, right? right. No history, basically. None. And Steve Eisman's making it work there while Ken Holland continues to make Steve Ott re-upping Darren Helm for $20 million when he's never even come close to scoring 20 goals in a year, giving 32-year-old centers six-year contracts when you don't have to be a fucking pharmacist down at North Carolina to realize how centers age when they're 34 and 35. They've won four cups. I've said it a million times. They don't owe me a goddamn thing for the rest of my life except for competency. 
Well, which they, they can't even come close the, to achieving. Uh, they, not even that. They haven't come close to achieving that for the past decade, Jeff. Well, it's it, been we're still nearly within a, a decade. decade of winning a cup. And I'm being saying a cup. it's it's nearly been a decade, though. Seriously, <laughs> three years away. Well, three years away from a decade of of anything being run remotely right in this organization. And, and the future, you know, what, what I have no idea what to expect this year. I, I've, they have, I don't know how many fucking forwards. Are, are they going to be able to trade a Nyquist or something? One of the prospects for, I just have no hope. I have no hope that A, this team's going anywhere, and B, we're going to see a product that is somewhat entertaining. You can sell a franchise that's won, a, excuse me, a fan base that's won four Stanley Cups, that's been in the playoffs 25 straight years. You can sell that fan base on the fact we're going with the youth movement and then we're going to recalibrate next year when we move into a new arena and we have some cap space. And you've blown it. You spent it all on Darren Helm and a 32-year-old Danish center. Well, It ju- just makes no sense. And what are you going to do next year when Thomas Tatar is unrestricted? And, when, and now you're going to have to hand it out probably because you've basically been as press secretary, press agent, Danny DeKaiser, you know he's on the verge of getting a $5 million per and who knows how many year contract. For an average defender. Right. Because they can't evaluate their own talent. And this is, you know, I'm, some of this is repetitive. It's the same old story. But I'm sorry, I can't change the facts. No. This and is what's been going on with Ken Holland it, for years. I mean, Jeff, it's frustrating for both of us because it's like, how many times can you beat the drum? We, we're, it's almost we're not even worth talking about the wings. We're, if it wasn't for the fact that they, we have to hit on free agency, no, that they just made these moves, no, i got to talk you. about it. But in another year, we're going to be talking about the same shit. At least you can talk about the Tigers and, and find something new because Brad Ausmus finds a new way to fuck up every time he goes out there. But with the wings, it's almost repetitive at this point. It's, it's not just us that's a broken record. It's them that's a broken record. And I'm, I'm going to take this opportunity to almost – to transition to a team and a franchise that decided yeah, to, to do the, the absolute opposite thing. And again, I didn't even need to say the name of it before you knew exactly who I was talking about. Uh, the Pistons, the Detroit Pistons, who fired their washed-up old coach, who got rid of their general manager, who had nothing new to bring to them, who got who have gotten rid of all of the old stars, quote-unquote, because I don't know if you could ever call Josh Smith and Greg Monroe Hold on a stars. Can I, can but... I break into something real quick? And oh, then you sure. can go to the Pistons. Sure, that's fine. Because this is just break, more breaking news. Oh, go for it. Uh, our producer is looking to move to Ferndale or Royal Oak. Oh, yeah. Did you break up with Chris again? Yeah. Okay. Oh. All right, go back to the Pistons. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we can get to that in maybe the last minute of the show. Well, no, but I, I, I think that's an important thing to bring up is the juxtaposition between – these Illich teams, and right now, the Pistons, which have gone full youth movement, which have, I believe, the oldest player on their roster is... Who is the oldest player on their roster? It might be like someone like Ish Smith or Boban Marjanovic, who's 27 years old. Both of those guys are 27. So let's, let's, let's get into so, the moves. Let's get into the moves. I, cause, because I, I'm not... You follow the NBA religiously. I, I love the NBA. I watch the Pistons, and I really... 
give yeah. two shits. About. I mean, I I have league so, pass. So I I watch. I try and watch all so my favorite teams. Down, I, I watch the Magic. I I watch the so Celtics. Break down I watch everyone. Ish Smith, this Neanderthal, and uh, Luer. Is that yeah, how you pronounce John his Luer. name? John Luer. John Luer. So what are these guys going to bring to the team? Because, like I said, I don't. I, sure. I, I if John Luer. Came up and smacking me in the face. I wouldn't know who the fuck he is. That's not a it, problem. It, He's it, a very nondescript looking it, white Ish dude. Smith. I'm still looking for the rest of his first name. Uh, I, where Ish, is it's it? It's actually Ishmael Smith. He oh, goes okay. by Ish. And then we've got this seven foot four barbarian who looks like oh, he's the best. Oh, so, God. so what? So what? What is this going to do to the existing core? Is someone who is a little despondent about the franchise under? The leadership of one Andre Drummond. It's not under the leadership of Andre okay. Drummond. It's under the leadership what, of Stan what, Van Gundy and what, what are these? What do these moves mean? What can you? What can we expect Easy. from the Pistons going for you? You know, next year. So, I mean, we always we talked about this on the air. The biggest holes in this team clearly were another stretch four who could contribute in big minutes, like Anthony Tolliver clearly couldn't for Stan Van Gundy. Stan, you know, we saw it in the playoffs. Uh, even when Tobias Harris was getting abused by Kevin Love, Stan Van Gundy did not go to Anthony Tolliver. So that shows for me a, a complete lack of confidence in Anthony Tolliver. I get that. Anthony Tolliver, again, another guy who's a little bit older, about to be 30, I believe. So he brought in John Luer, a, a guy who had a really nice season as a stretch four for the Phoenix Suns. I have definite issues regarding his defense. I don't know. We'll see it. I didn't watch too much of the Suns, but I watched enough to know that John Luer is not a very good defender considering his weight and size. I believe he's only like 230 pounds as a power forward, which is pretty small. I mean, Stanley Johnson's like 245 as a small forward. So that says a lot, but John Luer can step out, hit a three. Um, He can do some nice things for you, even going towards the basket. So, Offensively, I like the move. If that's your backup stretch four for ten million a year, uh, people have bitched about the salary cap explosion, but that's an average salary, and I'm okay with paying him that instead of paying Ryan Anderson what uh, twenty something twenty million a, twice the amount for. And uh, to our I, knowledge, John Luer never killed any of the bachelorettes. That's also true. But see, this is what I know about the NBA. And, uh, yes. <laughs> Sorry. No, but John, look, I said on Twitter, I'd rather have John Luer giving me three-fourths of production for half the cost. Thank you very much. Ish Smith, uh, another guy where I, I wanted more of a defensive point guard, Matthew Del Vadova, but... So what do we get from Ish Smith? Ish Smith is a guy... Who's a career vagabond who's been... you Did, did you like watching Brandon Jennings? Doing Molly with Nick Young? No, I mean, did you like watching see, this is Brandon what I Jennings know. play basketball? See, this is what I know about the Pistons. I know about TMZ, and I know the Bachelorette. Ish Smith is similar-ish because no pun intended, but he's six foot tall, can't play defense for shit. So you're but, telling me the first two guys that they brought in, Lure and Smith, can't play defense? No, that doesn't sound good to me. Well, but here's where I'm. Don't worry, I'm okay. going to get to it. So Ish Smith though is a guy who offensively incredibly creative, incredibly innovative. He's going to be able to score. He's going to be able to make things happen. You're going to like watching Ish Smith okay, play. But if, He's if, exciting. If Lure and Ish Smith are part of the second unit, yes, along with Marcus Morris. Well, I I don't think no. The Marcus Morris is going to be part Baines. of the first unit. Okay. Unit. Is 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 there going to be any defense on this second unit? Wait. 
Wait. I'm trying to ask wait. the questions the people want to know. J- You're so, the guy who supposedly wait, knows. Patience. I don't know. I shut up for your wings No, part. you didn't. Well, okay, you're right. But when— but so, I'm asking so you questions. Third, I'm not going on fucking I'm gonna diatribes. Get to it. I'm going to get to it. The third guy is Boban Marjanovic. Now, this is the—if uh, I. If you're a Detroit Pistons fan, this has got to be the signing you're most excited for because he is a guy—just look up what he did with the Spurs. Look up any Spurs message board. Look up any Spurs fan. They are all upset that they let him go. This is a guy whose who's per 36 numbers are off the charts. He's like a 25-12 and 12 guy. Okay, but let His me ask PER you a question. His PER was 28 why, okay, next year, that's fine. last year. But why did he only play 9.4 minutes a game? Here's why. And you're going to be asking me the same question you asked me for the last two guys. Because he can't really play pick-and-roll defense for shit. Because he's 7'4", and he's slow-footed as hell. That doesn't mean he's not skilled. He also it, has bigger ears than I do. Uh, he's got bigger ears than your head, Jeff. <laughs> I, he's got gigantic ears. He's got gnome ears. So Boban Marjanovic is a guy who looks like uh, Mitch Album ears. He kind of looks like Mitch Album, period. Sort of. There's a similarity. But Boban Marjanovic is a guy who offensively can do everything. And the most important thing, though, is, and this is really why they signed him, is because Aaron Baines has an opt-out contract after this year. So Baines, who signed for only like $5.5 million, is almost assuredly going to opt out. Then they have a backup plan with Boban. What I'm interested to see is well, what they question? do with three que- centers. That's, that's my next question, because I don't know the answer to this, but maybe you do. I don't. So they got Baines, Bobo, Isn't So Stupid, and Drummond. I got is there zero a chance? Clue. Is there a chance that Drummond plays the power forward position with one of those? With can two of those guys play at the same time? I don't know the answer to the question. I've never seen Bobo uh, Marinovich play. Can Drummond play the four and one of these guys play the five at point? Here's why I'm going to say no. Here's why I'm going to say no is because for all the athleticism and skill that Drummond really does have, I. I if you watch Drummond on, like, broken plays, he shows a level of athleticism that is uncanny for a guy his size. He can really dribble. He really has great hands. Like, the problem is he's just not fast enough to guard power forwards. And we saw that when, in the playoffs, Tyron Lue put Kevin Love at the center position and made Drummond guard Love. That's what happened in Game 1. Correct. When the Cavs pulled away... And won that game, it was because Tyron Lue put Kevin Love at the center position and said, Andre Drummond, go out, guard Kevin Love. Now, Kevin Love is an incredibly skilled offensive big man, but we're seeing more and more in the NBA undersized power forwards like Tobias Harris, Jared Dudley. We're seeing more and more guys who can step out and hit a shot. Even when you talk about Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Davis, guys who fit the mold of a more traditional big but are able to step out and hit a shot when they need to. Andre Drummond, I am not convinced, can do that. And All right, let me ask you another like question. That. So, okay. before I think, you fill, but let me ask you a question. Yeah, okay. This is just me asking you questions because I, like I said, I don't know the answers. I'm not what saying they're your, not going to go. What two was your centers, ta- What was your time frame where you said the Pistons could win a title with this with this core? I I said next. I think this season is when things really gel and you figure out what okay. this team. What is the needs. time frame? The year after this year, okay. So the that's next where two they, years, that's, that's where they need presumably to make. Presumably, in Jeff, the next wait, two years, let me Golden State's going to have Jeff, a let me super clarify. team. Jeff, so they Jeff, can't Jeff. win a championship in the next two years. Jeff, so why Jeff, let are me they? Why let me are clarify, they doing? Let me clarify. 
What they have to do after this season is figure out what they need to get in order to actually contend. Next offseason is the offseason where they need to make a splash in free agency, where they need to make a splash, splash in terms free of agency. a trade. Name the last splash free agent signing the Pistons had. Go. Uh, that's a fair point, Jeff. So where, but where you is know this what? team going to get you know better Here's the fact if of the they matter. don't do the Spiro plan Jeff, Jeff. and trade Andre Drummond for multiple first-round picks from the because Boston Jeff. Celtics where they own New Jersey Nets picks? This team is not going to win the next okay. few years. Golden State's going to win the next two titles if Kevin shut, Durant stays there. Shut up. Is, are they up. not? Shut up for a second. Are they not? I don't know, man. I thought they were assured to win it this year because when they won 15 straight games, I said they were going to win. They were going to break. The, the regular they season win record. Kevin and Durant. Didn't they didn't have one of the top five players yes. in the NBA Jeff. added to a core, which already won 73 games. Jeff, you're, you're obstructing told, what I'm saying. You've no. told everybody in the world. Shut up! You've told everybody in the world that they got two years, and, and, and it's not going to happen in two you're, years. You're not allowed to win. How can, I, how can I even talk Trey with you? Trey Drummond. How can, I not even, how can What's I even point? talk with you when you won't Go. shut the fuck up? What's the point? Shut your fucking Go. mouth! You got all. You got the floor. No, you haven't given me the floor. You, got the floor. you haven't allowed me to clarify my position. Go. go. You haven't. Go. And I haven't interrupted hey, you. Ross Perot. Go. So go fuck yourself. Go. go. What I have said is that this is the year where things have to come together. You have to understand whether this team, what this team needs. And you say, oh, what's the last free agent si- splash they made? They would have signed Al Horford this offseason if they had the money. They didn't have the money. Boston could pay him. Al, For- Al-, Al Horford wouldn't even come here for a meeting. You're wrong because they didn't have the money. They didn't have the money. They, they didn't wouldn't have, have the money. money if they didn't sign Bobo. He and wanted- they didn't sign no, they Lure. Wouldn't. No, and they no, didn't no, sign no, 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 no. They How could much not- do those three guys cost? They could not have signed Seven million? Max- no, you're wrong because Boban's contract is backloaded. Oh my gosh, Jeff. Wow, I know how the this point. shit works. No, you're, you're ignoring, ignoring the, point. the point, which is that this team did not have enough money when is this team to win? sign yeah, Al Horford when is this, this team going to win? When is this team going to win? I've said two to three seasons is what I said on the DSR in this last season. In your wet dream, this, this team year, isn't beating Golden State the next two or three years. But Sorry. Guess, oh, really, Jeff? Because guess what? Kevin Durant has only signed with Golden State for two years. Guess who Golden State has to... Fucking pay after next offseason. Oh I'm yeah, sure will. Oh, you think I'm they're sure gonna hold on to that motherfucker? Yeah, they will. You don't know what I'm you're getting, talking they about. They will. You, yeah, they will. Wow. So how much money are they gonna have after the cap smooths after next year? Doesn't he have, don't they have their, his bird rights? It doesn't matter. Even if they They'll go over the cap. Tax. Yeah. Do you know how the luxury tax tax works for a repeat offender clause? If they've you, got they've got fuck you money. Let, no, 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 no. Oh, really? You know who else has fuck you money? The guy who owns Brooklyn, Mikhail Prokhorov. The guy owns the underworld of Russia. Allegedly, I don't want to get sued oh, by the oh, underworld of Russia. That's true. That's true. Do you know what that guy did in order to avoid that? That guy did everything he could avoid so to, to avoid Curry. the repeater tax. Please, dude. Oklahoma City, which had. Fake Chesapeake money attached to them, okay, traded James Harden a year before his contract was even, two years, I'm sorry, before his contract was even set to expire because they were so afraid of the repeat offender tax. The Golden State Warriors will not pay the repeat offender tax. The Pistons are not a great team. It is onerous. They're not a good team. They're not a great team. And they're they're not going to be a great team. But Jeff, I've not said they're a great team. Going down this route. 
at least the Detroit Tigers or the Jeff, Rebels, you Jeff, can make Jeff. you can make a case. No, the Tigers can't. things could no, fall can't. into place. Jeff, Fulmer, Jeff, Norris, can you shut up! I don't see any path to the Pistons ever being a title team. With this but here's what core. here's what you're not looking at. You are ignoring the big picture. Where is the Eastern Conference going to be in two years? Where's the Eastern Conference going to be in two years? Uh, probably Boston having the guy that you wanted no, to sign no. and having multiple first round draft Boston, picks from New Jersey. Boston has Boston is going to probably be overtaken by Detroit this year. And next year they will too. And the year after that, you know why? Because the guys that they're going to get are not franchise changing. You want to play bet two hundred dollars a year on Detroit versus Boston? Who goes further in the playoffs the next three years? No, nah, that's ridiculous. I'll take because, Boston. No, that's Thank silly. You. Because you know what? Detroit would have gone further in the playoffs than Boston this year if they hadn't lost on back on Matt Barnes game winning threes. They would have gone what? further in the playoffs. Than, than Boston would have. They were the eighth seed who got swept by Cleveland. They would have played Toronto. They would have played Toronto instead. I'm sorry, Jeff. I don't think there's a single person you can find you out there that would have, have said— still have a superstar player who can't play the last seven, eight minutes of a game. We've had we've heard nothing from Adam Jeff, Silver about changing the rules but, regarding fees. Okay, but throws. Jeff, this is the point I've made about all that? along. Hold on. When are we going to hear about that? When are we going to hear about that? Jeff, this is the point I've made all along. Even if Andre Drummond does not improve his free throw shooting over the next two years, you can trade him and you will get a massive haul for him. If it's not working out in the next three years, even though the Pistons will have money after next year. To be- spend where? Who's coming here? Their free agents leave. Allen Houston, you Grand can- Hill. People leave. They don't come. They leave. Jeff, this is they a team. Leave. Jeff, the only way you can, you, Jeff, you can build a team. The perception around this league among the players and the media is that Detroit is one of the best young teams out there. They are up there with Orlando and Milwaukee and Boston in terms of teams that have a legit chance in the next four years. You know why? Because they have a strong, talented core. That is not something that Cleveland is going to have in the next three years. That's not something that Chicago is going to have. That's not something Toronto is going to have. Charlotte, Indiana, none of these other teams in the East have they've got, that. They've got no ceiling whatsoever. That's they've ludicrous. Got no ceiling. That's ludicrous. They're not, they have a top five big man in the NBA. <laughs> Who can't play the last seven or eight minutes of the game. But I'm saying he the made, point is the perception. The man made the third team All NBA this year. The perception around this league is that so by, Andre by, by your math, he's by he's already at, least, at the best the seventh. But that's my point. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what you think. It matters what everyone else thinks. Okay. Because whatever, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks. What matters is yes, it this does. team can't win a because, championship. No, because Jeff, team, you, you said they're gonna they, they're, that they've got to make it a run in the next couple Jeff, years. My point they're not going to do it, Jeff. Even if even they're if not I'm wrong to. and they can't, the perception around Andre Drummond is that he is a top five big man in this He's league. He's a top five big man so, right now. You as you as you say, so get rid of him now. No, what are you going to wait for? Golden He's State still to going to fucking be run a train on the league for the next two years? J- that's fine because no one will hold it against you. What do you mean no one's going to hold it against you? No one's going to hold it against you while Le- LeBron and the Warriors are still there. It matters in two so to when three I'm 50 years. years old that they might do something. Oh, uh, yeah. Guess what, Jeff? We all got to wait for shit and we're all going to die, motherfucker. All right? We're all going to die one day. 
So if you die before or after the next person championship, the person on this is show, irrelevant. I'm not the person on the show who thinks that this franchise playing in Auburn Hills in Detroit which has never been able to attract any free agent. It doesn't matter. Al Horford, I don't care what you say, he wouldn't give the team an interview when his former agent is the fucking charge of the the team and aren't They didn't have the money. He wouldn't give an interview on Tell They didn't have the money. They didn't have the money. They didn't have the money. How come any times can I tell you? How about you make a trade? Free it up. They up did Horford. make a trade for other guys, and if you really guys who can't thought, play defense, according to you, Jeff, did you really think Andre, Al Horford was going to be the answer? Because even I thought, even if they signed Al Horford, the Pistons, gun to my head, I take the Wings, the Tigers, and the Lions before the Pistons winning okay, a championship. Five hundred dollars, five hundred dollars. If you bet the Boston, bet me right now. Bet, no, 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 wait, no. Wait, wait. No, no, the no, Pistons no, are no. Win the next championship? You, yes. Wait, you want to say the Pistons are going to win the next championship in Detroit? You're going to give me even money on $500. $500 between. Even money? Between the Pistons, the Tigers have no shot, the Red Wings have no shot. I take both of them over the oh, Pistons. You're a fool. You're an absolute fool. You're an absolute fool. Give me that. $500. Who wins the next championship? Yes. Are you throwing the Lions in there too? They oh, yeah, sure. Okay. All right, thank you. <laughs> yeah. We're shaking that's like, hands. That's like Jessica, saying, are you witnessing this? That's like saying I am. Who's thank the you. best actor? Tom right. Hanks. I'll let you. Tom Hanks, Daniel I'll, Day Lewis, or Malcolm Jamal Warner? I'll, I'll give you a painting. Side note: I feel like lose. we need those big spongy boxing gloves so you guys can just occasionally beat the shit out of each other and like just get be, it out. Just be you know? glad Spiro's not in the. Yeah, goddamn I feel like your head's right gonna now. like explode. Oh, he's, he's in the room. Don't worry. I'm sure he is. He's in the tweet Twittersphere. Oh, I'm sure he is. So we have a five hundred dollar bet. You're giving me. Even money. Yes. There's four teams. The Pistons are going to be the next franchise to win a championship. I doubt the Pistons will ever win a game a championship while I'm still alive. Okay. You're you're when you just here's why I feel so confident because when you look at the ownership, when you look at the front office, what franchise in this entire city has it better than the Pistons? None. You can have the greatest front office. When you in look the at world. the coaching, when you look Hold at the young on. talent, you when can, you look at the overall can talent. I, can I talk? You can have the greatest front office. <laughs> you haven't office. let me. Why would I let you? You could have the greatest front office in the world. If you are going to have a team with a mental midget as your superstar, max player, and you have no ability to attract a top flight free agent, good luck to you. Good luck to you. Because Kevin Durant ain't going it doesn't matter. To the Stand Pistons. LeBron man. James ain't coming to Detroit. Nobody Grant Hill well. was here, and he well. said, Jeff, I'm taking Tamiya to Orlando. Jeff. Allen Houston. Jeff. Who was Jeff, it has been proven. Allen Houston said, I'm going to take hmm. my talents to New York. Nobody stays here. Nobody's coming here. And this core ain't winning a Jeff, goddamn here's thing. How, here's the two ways you win a championship in the NBA. This is throughout the one NBA way history. Other than the 2004 Pistons, you better have a superstar, and they still don't. No, 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 no. Here's you how you do still it. Still don't. Because don't tell me a superstar who can't play the last seven or eight minutes of a game That's because not... he can't shoot free throws is a superstar. But Andre my, Drummond but Jeff, is not a superstar. Jeff, here's why I feel so Reggie confident. Reggie Jackson is not a superstar. Jeff, can I got you news shut for you. your fucking mouth for a second, please? Thank Go. you. Here's the point, Jeff, and here's why I feel so confident, is because even if those guys can't take Detroit to a championship, you know who will? The guys that... Fucking Stan Van like Gundy. Ron Jeremy. No, he's going to take the team. He can't play Jasper. Actually, you're completely he wrong in that. Play. I don't know if you saw that video of him the uh, a couple weeks ago when he was t- coaching the Magic. Dude, he has actual handles. I'm not even joking. That's great. 
Stan I'm just Van, saying. I'm just saying. Stan Van Gundy's not winning anything for this team. Nobody's Stan coming Van here. Gundy. And this team. You're wrong. Because Stan Van Who's Gundy. Come here. Shut your fucking mouth. Shut up. Who's coming? Shut up. Who's coming? It doesn't matter who's coming in free agency. This man has proven time and time again that he can trade. How many rings does he have? That he can trade for How many stars. rings does he have? Oh, shut your mouth. How many rings? Oh, shut your mouth. he's got as many as Barkley. Yeah, he's got... Come on, get the hell out of here. Get I, the hell out I, of here. I put my money where my what mouth is. What does that is. matter? What does that matter? Because you're, you're saying he's proven time and time again what? That he's that never he won can, a championship? That he can make great trades. That nobody's come that to he Detroit? Can, that, he can tr- that he can make teams great. That he knows how to take a team with depth and not a whole lot of superstar talent to an NBA Finals. He's proven that with you know Orlando. The best chance of winning this bet is that the Pistons get to the East, win the Eastern Conference, and that's very Golden possible. State's plane crashes on but, the way to the Palace for Jeff, Game Three and that's Four. That's my point. That's their that's, best chance. They have the, the, a plane crash is your best chance. When you look at the teams that three years from now. That in three seasons, this not this year, not the next year, but the year after that, and the year after that, have the best chance this to win an NBA this, title from the this, Eastern Conference. Can we get this notarized? In who's writing? got a superstar? Can we put the five hundred hours in escrow, Jeff? Who's got a superstar in the East? I just want notary in an escrow. That's who's got a superstar in the East? Do you know who the youngest player on the All NBA team was this year by three years? A guy Andre who's, Drummond, the guy who doesn't play the last seven or eight minutes of games. Still a mental midget? Guy. That's where okay. you're foolish. That's where you're foolish. That's where you're wrong. It's because you only right. look at the downside. We've you don't got look a at bet. the upside. You're not going to give me the Boston bet? No, no. Why? That's silly. Because I don't know what Boston's going to do. I know what, what Detroit's do doing. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take Boston. I'll take, I'll take Boston going forward, sight unseen, even though they're counting. You should, you should jump at this bet, Jasper. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, Hold on. So wait, what, Let is me your, what, are you, what are you offering? I'm saying who... Who goes further two of the next three years in the playoffs? Boston or Detroit? You should jump at this bet, Jasper, because Boston is counting on first-round picks by New Jersey. Uh, you're saying that the core's already in place? You but should I don't be know. all over this bet. But, but, Jeff, here's the thing. I thought Detroit was a better team than Boston this year. And yet and yet, Boston we're, got a okay, far preferable okay, playoff fine. We're matchup. talking about two or three. Well, maybe the Pistons should have fucking won more games and not been the AC. God, God fucking. And they weren't going to beat Toronto either, please. Jeff, if I could do anything about. They weren't about, beating Toronto. Stop. Oh, really? Stop. Oh, really? They weren't beating Toronto. Oh, really? Oh, Toronto. Toronto that relied on Bismack Biombo. Toronto that relied on that choke artist Kyle Lowry. Then why did they win fifteen more games in the regular season? The Pistons are so horrible because they had they had more guys who were more experienced. Okay, and also and they probably would have won in the playoffs. And also, too. you know why? Because they played in a far easier division. Do you want to talk about Kelvin? They played in a far easier division. We only got ten yeah, minutes. Okay. Oh shit. Do we really? Okay. We got ten minutes. They played in a far easier division, by the way. Oh, the central on, is the central please. is the deepest division in basketball. The Pistons are a flawed team with a guy who they have. Built around who can't Jeff, play the worst. The, last seven the worst of the team game. in the Central Division Kelvin is Johnson. Milwaukee. You can talk. The floor is yours, Kelvin Johnson. What oh. do you want to say about the E60 clip? Eat my ass. <laughs> I don't even have a response to that. Go on, Kelvin Johnson. What do you want? To what, talk about? what am I? What do you want me to say? I'm so fucking worked up right now. I, I I can't even help myself. I'm swearing every other goddamn word. Okay, you got me fucking worked up. I don't want to be like this. I got to be at work. <laughs> Kelvin Johnson. Anything you want to say? Uh, I mean, what did he say that we didn't know about this franchise, that we didn't know about the NFL, that we didn't know about the sport of football for the last five years? 
10 years, if really, if you've really been paying attention, what did he say? Because because the uh, what I heard with well, his interview said, with Ma- Michael Smith is that he would have considered coming back for longer if the Lions had won more. That he, just like Barry Sanders, uh, that he suffered a concussion every third play, which is something that we generally know to be true. That the team trainers work for the team, that they don't work for the players, and they'll do anything it takes to get players back out on the field that, you know, and he didn't say it, but he implied it, that the Lions franchise, oh, no, he did say it. If the Lions franchise ever got out of their own way, he literally said those words. Literally said, if the Lions well, ever got out of their own was, way. If they went, when, when uh, was it Michael Smith? Yes. Asked him about the Lions, he said he'd have to write a book. Oh, yeah, he did. And you know who wrote a book? Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders wrote a book. And in that book, he said he laughed because of the losing. Of course. And he laughed because of William Clay Ford Sr. And Calvin Johnson's just a nicer, more political guy. You watched the E60 interview, right? Uh, Yeah, we're talking about it, aren't we? Okay. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if you're just talking about it because it was was a significant interview. But no, I mean, is there any point in that where you, when he was asking the questions about the Lions, Michael Smith, that is, was there any point where you felt as though... Calvin Johnson was not retiring because he was hurt and losing. There's two things I took away from that interview. And it was basically the same couple things I took away from Barry Sanders leaving. Uh, He didn't do it as graciously, obviously, as Calvin Johnson. One, he basically mocked the Lions organization by saying that he could write a book about their inefficiencies over the years. Jeff, I'm sorry. I, I, saw. I saw you listening, laughing a minute ago. Was it because of eat my ass what? No, it was just because Meher and just in, in Darko were bombing you. <laughs> oh, that was I'm why sorry. I was laughing. Sorry, that's funny. No. Okay, so two things. One that he 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 went out of his way basically to mock the Detroit Lions in his own way, uh, in a classy way, I guess. But by saying he could write a book about their foibles, um, I, I think that said a lot especially coming from a quiet, reserved guy like Calvin Johnson, who was a career Detroit Lion, who married the daughter of a Detroit Lion. Is there anyone more uh, loyal to the team than Calvin Johnson? And he basically said the team was a mess, one. Two, I think that interview went a long way for him answering the questions a few years ago when Jim Schwartz was the head coach. When the Lions basically called Calvin Johnson, arguably the second best player in the franchise history, a liar. Calvin Johnson said he had a concussion. I think this was Jim Schwartz's last year. Mm -hmm. Said he had a concussion. The Lions didn't put that on the injury report. They never said he had a concussion. So Jim Schwartz and the PR department led by Bill Keenist came out against their own superstar player and said he was wrong. They basically... Par for the course with this organization. They basically put a gun to his head, go to the media, and say that you were wrong, that you were misinformed, that you didn't have a concussion. And Calvin Johnson, I guess now in retrospect, begrudgingly did that and came out and said, no, I didn't have a concussion, blah, blah, blah. 
And I think what Kelvin Johnson was saying, and you have to read between the lines a little because, like I said, he's not exactly going to just going to come out and flamethrow the Detroit Lions organization. But his comments where he said that the medical staff represent the Detroit Lions and not Calvin Johnson. When he made that comment to Michael Smith on E60, I think that was in direct response to them contradicting the fact that he had a concussion. Because was there ever a point in Calvin Johnson's entire Lions career that ended prematurely because he wanted to get out in one piece? And obviously he, he didn't was have tired any, of losing. And he didn't have any hope for winning because he even said in the interview it made a much harder decision if this team was competitive. By the way, I can I can tell you this for not a fact, but I I feel confident saying on air that if if Detroit won that playoff game against Dallas, I still think Calvin Johnson would be playing for this team. I do feel that way. I feel if they had made well, we the playoffs, know, we know. and Michael Smith even asked the question, if Detroit had made the playoffs this year, would you still be playing? And Calvin Johnson was, well, we he know. didn't say either way, but he was at least cagey about it, which means there was the possibility. We know for a fact that Calvin Johnson made a decision this was going to be his last year, Some, somewhere between the time that Dallas beat them in the postseason game and the first game of this past season. There's no denying that. Calvin Johnson said that. I was getting emails from people saying Calvin Johnson is going to be done this year from people in Georgia, which I didn't go with because I couldn't confirm it. So mm-hmm. I never posted. I, I get, by, by the way, but Jeff, I can send those emails. By the way, Jeff, I've I've heard several things from Lions players that have said that they had an idea that Calvin Johnson was going to be retiring. Right. So we knew. So it, it all makes sense. It all adds up. This franchise is just so inept. They basically ran off another superstar player. A guy, Barry Sanders, they sued for his signing bonus. Calvin Johnson, they contradicted when he said he had injuries. To my knowledge, the Lions never listed Calvin Johnson as having brain brain damage. No, nope, concussion not once, once not in his career. Once. He never ever was listed on the injury report as having a concussion. That's a fact. I'm guessing Calvin Johnson knows his cognitive uh, essence more than the line. It's, it's insane. Every, once the guy every, retired prematurely for injury, and you're telling me he never had a concussion? In his own words, once every three plays. And this might not even be a Lions issue. This might be an NFL issue. It is. Well, we've seen that with the Chargers where they hired that fraud hack doctor who uh, com- you know, did the exact same thing where misdiagnosed things and, um, I mean, really should have had his medical license taken away. That's been reported on that. And like Calvin Johnson said, they work for the team. They don't work for the player. And that's the difference between a team doctor and a personal doctor is they are not beholden to the player. They're beholden to the team. So it's their, it's and this in is their a, this interest is, this is a separate to get that issue. player out this there. This is a separate issue, and we'll probably end on this because we're running out of time. Maybe Congress has to step in and say, look, there's not going to be team doctors, not going to be player doctors. There's going to be this doctor who's got no interest in anything but making sure well, if they're willing that to... the player on the field is should be on the field. Because it obviously was, Kyle, Calvin Johnson was obviously on the field in times when he felt he shouldn't be, and that the team doctors were telling him to go on the field because it was in the best interest of a billion-dollar organization. Maybe it's time for independent physicians 
we we've seen that with baseball to be on the sideline. We've seen that with baseball, not just Jeff, for, for brain Congress. injuries, for every injury. Well, Congress for steroids, which is a far lesser issue. I'm sorry. Uh, when you look at brain damage versus the potential damage steroids can do to you, I mean, I'm not a medical professional, but I feel pretty confident in saying that a concussion is worse for you than taking steroids, especially a concussion every three plays. Every three plays. I think plays. he was a little. Regardless of whether he's being hyperbolic, even if he feels that way, I mean, clearly there's other guys who are young guys in the NFL who feel as though their health is at risk. Chris Borland did. Right? 24. Linebacker. No, I, you're not going to get an argument from me on this. But let's, let's, before we go off, we got yes. the bet. Who's going to win the next fran- the championship in Detroit? I feel very confident. I got the wings. Tigers and Lions, you've got the Pistons. I shouldn't, have taken, I shouldn't have taken even money because that's just silly. I'll give you eight to five. Okay, that, thank I'll you. I'll give you eight to five. Okay, I appreciate that's, that. That's we're, the kind we're of guy I am. Thank you. That's, you I mean, that's more screamed fair. at me. Well, Set, I, didn't, I don't like that. That's not good radio. told me to shut the fuck up. No, uh, that's not good radio, and I don't like that. I don't like that you make me so, so upset. Well, <laughs> that's part of what I do to everyone. Uh, that's a fair point. You want to talk to my wife? Second, do we have the Boston better not? No, 100 no, bucks. 100 bucks. No, because it's 100 bucks. No. 100. Um, uh, okay, You're yeah, taking fine. the core. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Well, well, what does this mean, though? Who goes further in the playoffs two or three years? Okay. Oh. Oh, okay. So 100 bucks. We got that. 100 bucks, yes. All right, all right, all right. All right. You saw that? Handshake. All right, I, we're I done. Next week, hopefully, we'll have Sean Belisian in studio to talk about the debacle that was 105.1. Uh, should have Greg Henson discussing. Uh, how close he maybe came to being the program director. Hopefully there will we'll be, be far we'll be, yes, less yelling at we'll each be destroying other. A, we'll be destroying a sofa and blacklighting it. So thanks for joining us. We're done. And uh, I need some lozenges. Peace, love, in the Zulu Nation. You're listening to a previously recorded episode of the Detroit Sports Rag Podcast.